Hello, and welcome to New Day Christian Fellowship Church Podcast, where we worship, connect, equip, and serve. We're so glad that you're joining us. Our prayer is that you allow today's message to minister to you so that you can become all that God has called you to be. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy today's message. God is so amazingly great. He's so amazingly awesome. Let's pray. Gracious God in heaven, we come before you this morning. Thankful, Heavenly Father, for the opportunity to hear from you, dear Lord God. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that our eyes are fixed on you, dear Lord God. Looking unto Jesus, author and finisher of our faith. (laughs) Thank you, Heavenly Father. Your word says if we would keep our minds stayed or fixed on you, you will keep us in perfect or complete peace. And I thank you, Heavenly Father, for that peace that passes all understanding. And Lord, I thank you for that joy unspeakable to rest and rule in our hearts. In Jesus' name, let all who agree say, amen, amen. amen. Can we give our amazing praise man a hand, please? His tender mercies. They're new every morning. New every morning. Tonight when you go to sleep. Lay your head down. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. Go to sleep. Knowing that whatever is here, tomorrow, mercy is yours. The title of today's message is, How Much Faith Do You Have? How Much Faith Do You Have? Now, for clarity, we got to establish what's our working definition of faith, okay? What's our definition of faith? Now, if you ask someone what faith of you, they might say, I'm a Muslim, I'm a Buddhist, or they might say, I'm a Christian. And what faith are you? But now, our working definition of faith is our level of trust and reliance on God, okay? So today, for this message and moving forward, our working definition of faith is, our, in fact, read it with me, our level of our level of trust and reliance on God. Hebrews 11.6, King James Version, very familiar passage for most of us, but it's time to revisit this, okay? But without faith, it is impossible to please him. And there are some things I simply know how to do. I I can just do it with my eyes closed on a pogo stick with one hand tied behind my back, okay? There, There are those things. Okay, yeah, but, but now I, there are some things I cannot do. I, I'm going to need faith and trust and reliance on him, and that pleases him. For he that cometh to God, that's us, must believe that he is. Not only he is, but that he is a rewarder of those that, what? Every now and then? Kind of chill out, take your time, hit and miss, I'll swing by. I don't know if I can get by today. Let me check my schedule diligently seek him. Now, a lot of us, we diligently seeking somebody that ain't God. Now, the Bible tells us about our faith. It can be great. It can be small. Uh, Sometimes it disappears. (laughs) And and, and Jesus would, you know, commend people because of their faith. Now, today we're going to discuss Joseph, okay? Now, Joseph was betrayed by his brothers, okay? Joseph was a slave. Say slave. Slave. Joseph was a prisoner. Say prisoner. But somehow or another, Joseph maintained his faith, and he ultimately reached his divine purpose and destination that God has for him. Now, before we go on, I want you to see this. As adversity increases, our faith tends to 
decrease. We must reverse this. Okay, five of y'all got it. Let me just read this again. As adversity increases, our faith tends to decrease. Oh, 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 God, God, why, why are we worried? Jesus was in the boat, sleep. And a storm came. In fact, it says water was getting, it wasn't just a storm, it wasn't just a wind, it wasn't just the waves billowing. The water started getting in the boat. Even if water gets in your boat, remember, Jesus is still in the boat. The presence of water doesn't mean the absence of Jesus. So, so many of us, we focus on the water. Give you the backstory. So, Genesis 6, God floods the earth with Noah, right? After the flood, Noah and his sons repopulate the earth. God calls a man Abraham, looks around, okay, I'm going to take Abraham. Abram was his name at that point. Abram, come here. You're going to leave Ur, okay, and you're going to come to modern Israel or Canaan, okay? Made that trek. Abraham had a son, okay? Abraham had a son. Do we have that? Yeah, Abraham had Isaac, okay? Isaac had Jacob. Jacob had how many sons? Including Joseph. Now, here's a backstory on this. It's about a 200-some-odd-year span right here. And God told Abraham, man, your descendants are going to be all that in a bag of chips. There's going to be so many of you guys, okay? And it was just Abraham. So he eventually had Isaac, okay? Isaac had Jacob, okay? Jacob had 12 sons. Jacob was a busy man. All right. 12 sons. One of those guys was Joseph. Now, here's, here's a kicker. The brothers didn't like Joseph. You know, they had some animosity, and you can go back and start in Genesis 37 and, and begin to read about Joseph, okay? In fact, that's your homework. Online to online family, Genesis 37, read that. That's your homework this week. Now, here's the deal. Here's a summary of this story, though, okay? Joseph's um, brothers threw him in a pit because they didn't like him, you know, and, and they had issues with him. And then eventually pulled him up and sold him to a caravan of slave traders, Okay. And those slave traders, slave traders took him to a land that wasn't his, took him to Egypt. He was purchased by Potiphar, who was the chief executioner of Egypt. Now, here's a guy that can legally kill people. That's the last dude I would want to be my master. You want to talk about adversity. This is more than war than your boat. This dude, obviously, he must have been great at killing people. Look at how he got promoted. So now we have Potiphar. Joseph raises, uh, rises up in Potiphar's house, becomes like the head guy, running a whole household, just like he did with his father's uh, uh, sheep business, if you would, okay? So he rolls up the top stair. Uh, he was preeminent, awesome, administratively with his father's business. Next thing you know, he's in adversity down here in a land that's not his. He's a Hebrew in Egypt, a foreigner. Listen, everybody, okay? Because sometimes we get so hung up on, 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 on racial relations, your racial issues didn't catch God by surprise. I'm not dismissing it. What I'm saying is don't let it victimize you. He rises up. There were other slaves in that household. So now here's the Hebrew rising up. Potiphar's wife lies on him. He tried to be with me. Dude is doing righteous. Doing righteous. And evil just is always present. Evil shows up. The lady's like, come with me, come with me, come with me. And y'all know what I'm saying. And he's like, no, no, no. Now, I love this because you got this 17, 18-year-old kid. Y'all know anything about testosterone? At that season of life. And he says, no. 
You can too, fellas, but that's not this message. <laughs> he says no. The lady lies. And then she, then she gets racial. This Hebrew, oh, oh now you're going to bring up my ethnicity? You weren't saying that when you was fantasizing. She throws him, I mean, she, she tells her husband they throw him in jail. Now he's a prisoner. But I love that because you can't keep a good man down. He rises up to run the whole prison. Now, here's the thing, too. He was placed in a section of the prison, which is where the government prisoners were sent. Now, sometimes all you need to do, if you really want to know where God is taking you, look who he's surrounding you with. Let's go back in something. He was gifted administratively. Got two people got that one. Okay. He was gifted administratively. That's why he was running his father's business. Now, look at his gift. Okay, if you want to understand your purpose, look at your gift and look who God is inviting into your life or allowing into your life. Look at your circumstances. If you can get rid of your pain, you can read it more clearly. So all of a sudden now, he gets purchased by Potiphar, a government employee. What kind of employee? Okay, he ends up in prison, which is a government institution around other government officials. Where's God taking him? To the government. Okay. As a little boy, my mother said this the other day. I took her out to Moreno Valley, okay? And uh, they did, you know, they did the feed, they fed the homeless. And all she was part of uh, um, Iva Stacy's, you know, the, the group that went out. Okay, great. And so on the way out there, we passed by March Air Force Base, and, and Amazon has, uh, you know, airplanes now, right? So there's, there's a blue Prime, Amazon Prime airplane. And my mom says, look, Tony, there's a blue plane. She said, remember when you were a little boy and all you would do, look, Braniff Airlines, I don't know if you guys remember Braniff, way back in the day, their airlines were always different colors, orange, yellow, red, blue, and green, and all that, right? And as a little boy, I would be fascinated when I would see a Braniff airplane. I would say, look, mom, there's a yellow one. Look, mom, there's a blue one. There's a red one. She was, she was reminding me of that. And I said, I know. And she said, do you remember when you first came to California, how your Uncle T.W. Uh, took you out to LAX and you just sat there? And I said, yes, I remember that. It was better than going to Disneyland. So as a little boy, I'm fascinated by airplanes. I was also fascinated by countries. I would always spin a globe. What was I created to do? I'm not going to charge you for that one. So here we have Joseph. Now, he had a vision early on. And because he had this vision, that's what helped him. See, here's the thing. I've told you before. The clearer the vision, the firmer the boundaries. See, when your life vision is crystal clear, automatically boundaries are in place. Proverbs 29, 18 says, we quoted King James, without a vision of people. Perish literally means cast off restraint. So if I have a clear vision, I have firm boundaries. I can always tell somebody with no vision because they have no boundaries. Running around sleeping with everybody. Drinking like there's no tomorrow. Smoking. You ain't Snoop. No vision. I'm not, just, I'm not angry with you. Next time we do Destined for Purpose, take the class and you, you, you get a better understanding of that. But here's my point. Here's my point. This man had a vision, and in his vision, uh, he saw some wheat bowing down to some other, uh, bowing down to him, a bundles, okay? And he saw the moon and the stars, all, everybody was bowing. So he had this vision, and he held onto that vision because in adversity, that vision is what helped kept, keep him moving forward. 
So let's pick this up in Psalms 105. Psalms 105. Here's a summary of this. Now, I love this passage right here. We're going to pick this up in verse 16, New Living Translation. Psalms 105, 16. And I love this, this version because this is David writing who came many generations after Joseph. And I often wonder what kept David on track. Because after he killed Goliath, all hell breaks loose in his life. He's out there in the wilderness running. Dr. Parker has taken us to the caves, and David would hide in, in a place called En Gedi over there in Israel. Next time we go, I need you guys to come with me. You need to see this and better understand this. This, this I'm telling you, when you get to the Holy Land, this becomes so alive. Trust me. Start saving your money now. So now, watch this. Okay, verse 16. Okay, now this is God. This is, this is the macro. This is the bird's eye view. This is like the 30,000 foot level looking down. Many times when we're in adversity, we're at the street level and we can't see all that's going on. But if we can raise ourselves up and see it from God's perspective, you are less likely to become all bothered, worried, worn out, throw in a towel, give up, give in, get out. Okay, give out. Now, verse 16, I know this is going to shock some of you right here. It says, he, this is God, called for a famine on the land of Canaan. Stop right there. Who called for a famine? But my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. How are you going to cause a famine? Easy. He can cause a famine, but he's still going to supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Oh, he knows how to get it to me. He might take a raven to bring me some meat and some bread. I might have to go sit by a brook and drink from that, but he will supply all my needs. Verse 16, cutting off his food supply. He, God, called for a famine on the land of Canaan, cutting off his food supply. So when, when, when gas prices sky high, everybody's like, oh, my God, gas is high. Wait, wait. I eat McDonald's about twice a year. And generally, if I'm stopping by McDonald's, I'm late and I'm hungry. So the other day I was late and I was hungry. I ordered a double cheeseburger. That's the smallest double cheeseburger I've ever seen. <laughs> I, 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 is it my imagination or are they shrinking? And then it costs like $4 at four, $4. <laughs> but God will still supply. Okay, verse 17. Watch this. This is going to bother some of you. Then he sent someone to Egypt ahead of them. Oh, he sent someone, sent someone ahead. Joseph, who was sold as a Oh, that messed with some of us right there. God, how can you? Who are we to judge? See, actually starting to read the Bible, I mean like the whole Bible, I begin to understand that, you know, God is smarter than me. And I just changed my whole perspective. Have you noticed that every Sunday I'm smiling? Just changed my perspective. Verse 18, they bruised his feet. What? Oh, well, that caught God by surprise. God didn't see that coming. Online, they bruised his feet with fetters and placed his neck in an iron collar. So the next time any of you guys, in person or online, next time y'all got an issue, I want you to go back and look at verse 18. Have, you, have your feet been bruised with fetters? And does anybody have an iron collar on your neck? 19. Until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested, which means refine, prove, enable, made better. Joseph's what? Sometimes your adversity is God grooming you, ultimately where he's taking you. 
Online, family, listen, New Day Online, listen, listen, hear me. Joseph was gifted, like many of us are, gifted. You guys, this, this praise singers, great is your, Sean, that, that tenor you was doing today, that was so great. Your loving kindness, I see. Your tender mercy. And it was sounding so good. So he's gifted vocally. Celeste, that soprano, alto, and I think you're alto, right? Alto, soprano, and then Tanisha, you was like, oh, yeah, sure. Okay. That's what she was doing. Okay. Well, she was better than I was, okay. Jack is like, stop, just, just preach, don't. I got you, babe. But here's the thing. Joseph had that character. I mean, had that gift, but his character wasn't there. The boy was only 17. And sometimes God will allow some adver- adversity Sister Pamela Galloway, good to see you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Sometimes God will allow adversity to grow you. So the presence of adversity doesn't mean the absence of God. So it's like, God, where are you working right now? Because you're in the midst. And then ultimately, too, if I don't let him develop me, my character, okay, is what's going to sink me. How many ministers, I'm gifted, I can preach, I know how to tune up, <laughs> yeah, and six months later, you're at the no-tail motel. Busted. TMZ out there. What, what is that? That's a ca- it's character issue. So when we say have your way, have your way, let him have his way. But then verse 20 happened. And this is what I want to get to. Then Pharaoh sent for him and set him free. The ruler of the nation opened his prison door. Glory. 21. Joseph was put in charge of all the king's household. He became the ruler over all the king's possessions. Verse 22, he could instruct the king's aides as he pleased and, and as he pleased and teach the king's advisors. Let's go back to verse 20. I want to unpack that because this is what I want to get to. Let's talk faith right now, okay? Let's talk faith right here. Here we go, verse 20. Then Pharaoh sent for him. Who sent for him? Pharaoh's in a palace. And set him what? Okay, so here's the deal. Jesus, now I need you to see this. Jesus has set us free. In fact, you read, go back in Genesis, when Joseph was summoned, he didn't run right away. He showered, cleaned up, shaved himself, put on some fresh clothes. He was ready. He didn't go in there with that little stinky attitude. You know what you did? He didn't do that. He left whatever mindset was in a pit in the pit. Whatever mindset was in part of his house and the lady lied on him, he left it there. Whatever he developed in the prison, he left it there. Now, when you're beckon, now this month and this year, we're talking about increase, increase. So here's the problem, though. When we're given an opportunity for increase, what's going to be your response? Especially if you're coming out the pit and part of her and a prisoner, are you ready for the palace? It's going to take faith. God is beckoning you to leave your prison. Remember Abraham Lincoln? Do y'all remember Abraham Lincoln? No, you don't. Y'all weren't alive. I'm I'm teasing Brother Ralph. (laughs) But yeah, what did he do? Created the what? Yeah, many slaves wouldn't leave the plantation. They probably were praying, Lord, free us. Loving Harriet Tubman. Here is your chance, and you won't leave. Mindset. Ex-cons. Ex-cons. They desire to return to prison. I'm going back to prison. Why? Because they have a difficult time living in freedom. 
When you grew up in a dysfunctional family, have you ever noticed that whenever you live in a functional environment, you, have, you, you create chaos? Because you're committed to chaos? And you can keep calling me. I'll keep coming. Because I, 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 I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. When I first started pastoring, I'm like, I ain't coming. I'm coming. Because I'm a new creation. I have patience. I have kindness. I have love. I carry the spirit of God in me. And I will talk to you again and again and again, believing and trusting God that you're going to get it right because I walk by faith and not by sight. So I'm going to be a loving shepherd, a loving pastor. Even when people, I'm going back. What about Christians who receive deliverance, but then return to the thing or the person they're in bondage to? He hurt you. She cheated on you. She lied to you. She beat you down. And you got a release from God to step into the new space. You step into the new space, and all of a sudden, what you turning, what you looking behind you for? What's back there? That you turning your head around. Why are you going back there? As much as you fasted, prayed, touched and agreed, took authority over. You're going back. Small-mindedness, you can't come up in here no more. Scarcity mentality, not in here. No, you know, uh, you have no, wait, 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 wait. Here's something called imposter syndrome. I'm going to charge you for this one. One reason we won't step out of prison and into the palace is because we still got a prison mentality. You think if I, if I, once I get in a palace, I don't really belong there. I'll have you know I'm the, ch- I'm the king's kid. When I was a young man, we, my, my cousin Patrick and I used to say this. He lives in Houston. We would say, like, when somebody would ask you something, we would say, you're talking to the kid. <laughs> so when you ask me about things of life and all that, you're talking to the kid. I'm the king's kid. I belong in the palace. I was created for the palace. Bishop, how can you? That's why your faith ain't kicking in yet. See, you got faith for the pit. You ain't got faith to be a slave. You got faith to be a prisoner, but do you have faith to be free? You think if people going to think I'm an imposter, man, whatever. 21, 21, I'm going to close. 21, Joseph was put in charge of all the king's household. Joseph put in charge of all the king's household. Let me help you with something. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, said this. If you're not faithful in the little, who's going to trust you with the, the much? So Tony Dunn, forget that bishop, pastor stuff, Tony Dunn, the human being, I do my best to be faithful in the little. I don't care who you is, and I can talk like that because my mama not here this Sunday. I don't care who you is. I don't care how much you got or how it doesn't matter. I'm going to love you. I'm going to be kind with you. I'm going to be patient with you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be faithful. And the other part about faithfulness is it, everything that I put my hand to, I expect some increase out of it. I expect it to be better. All my relationships, I expect. We talk about anointing. If ain't nothing, if ain't nothing changing around me, I ain't anointed. get back to my notes. Okay. 21. All, all the king's household. 
He became the ruler of all the king's possessions. Do you understand how big that was? This boy, now watch this, he, this boy, this man, he was 17 when he entered. It was 30, all this jumped off at 17, it was 30 before he, culmination. Some of you saying 13 years, that's a long time. I made a post on Instagram. If you're not following me on Instagram, can you follow me please and, 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 and help me? I'm, 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 those there, Dorian. Dorian, see, I'm, I'm, I'm making an appeal, okay? And, and Dorian is making me look good. He's doing all my filming and editing, and it's, it, this is really the Dorian show, okay? Thank you, Dorian. But go at, at Bishop, Bishop Tony Dunn, at online, at Bishop Tony Dunn. Follow me, okay? And, and the reason I'm <laughs> presumptuous, listen, because <laughs> there's it's certain things I, I want people to understand. Here, here, look, 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 he became ruler over all the king's possessions. And it seems like that's a long time. I mentioned how the first 15 years of my marriage, I was, I was just having some emotional, just, I was still, I had competing commitments. I'm still injured from all the abuse I went through as a child. And even though I got married, people are like, why you get married? She must have suffered. Your wife all listen. I mean, people are like, did you re- listen to the post? I didn't say anything like that. But people, I, I begin to see something. You read into it based on your own experiences. See, somebody hurt you. Jackie ain't never been abused. Even in the midst of all my confusion, I, I ain't, ain't going to abuse my wife. One thing I did with Ralph and Kathy, one thing I always had an understanding was, this is God's child. Oh, uh, no, I ain't going to mess with his. If you can't manage the little over an extended period of time, that's why many of us never reach it. Because people are like, that's a long time. Ain't a long time right now. I bet you she's happier than a runaway slave right now, ain't she? And then you don't understand Bible. How long did it take for Abraham to have his child? How many years? 25. Joseph was 17. Then it wasn't to 30. That's 13 years. David, he was, he was what, 15, 16? He had about a 14, 15-year run. 15 years. I tell you what, the quality of that 15 years, that point, is based on my decision now. 15 years is coming. So I'm working on my character. I'm participating in that process. Forget trust in the process. I'm participating in that bad boy. You want to develop me? Here I am, Lord. 22. He could instruct the king's aides as he pleased and teach the king's advisors. So all of a sudden, his ceiling became his floor. Potiphar is now under him. Potiphar's wife, that lion skank, I'm going to say skank, that lion woman is now under him. The prison warden is now under him. Everybody is under him. Now, here's the other thing, too, and I love Dr. Manasseh. He talked this once in South Africa. He has a teaching called Leading from the Second Chair, okay? And he said something, and I'm sitting in the workshop taking notes, too. We were there in Zanin, South Africa, and he said this. He said, do you realize that Joseph was never the number one man? Joseph was always number two. Can you be content with being number two? Nah, it's my day. I, I need to break it. You ever wonder why NFL teams and NBA teams have a hard time repeating? Everybody, you win a championship, now you got to do you. I remember I watched a new edition um, uh, uh, movie when I was, um, um, I don't know, from years ago, doing, doing COVID, right? New edition, right? Now, that's my brother's generation. I don't know nobody no new edition. But here's the thing. Bobby Brown was good to good to go solo. couple of hits and all of a sudden his life is just crazy. Sometimes we need to learn to stick together. Be okay with where God has placed you. Bloom where you've been planted. But it's going to take faith to move from the pit 
to the palace. It's going to take faith to move from Potiphar to the palace. It's going to take faith to move from the prison to the palace. Next one, please. Watch this. Now, what level of faith did Joseph have to exercise? What level of faith did Joseph have to exercise to rid himself of any negative and insecure beliefs he had developed during slavery and incarceration? Why? So that he could effectively lead those who once enslaved him and imprisoned him. I want you to think about the magnitude of this. He is now leading those that enslaved him. Come on, y'all. Do you have faith to step into that? Or do you constantly see yourself as a slave? You constantly wear that ex-con, that badge. And let's deal with this racism, because this is a great month to deal with racism. Let's deal with it. Joseph was a Hebrew in the Egyptian world. And he rose up and reigned. Tony, I'm going to reign. I'm going to rule. Because great is he, is he that's in me, and he that's in the world. And if God before me, who can be against me? The problem is with us, we try to take that pit mentality into the palace. You are afraid to rid yourself of your pit mentality. What you picked up as a young child, as a young girl, all that abuse you suffered, all that, you know, that crazy Uncle Larry that I want to shoot between his eyes, him. Stop letting him define who you are. That nasty buzzard, stop allowing him. Stop. No, you lead, a, you lead that pit mentality in the pit. And maybe you were a slave. Maybe you were in bondage to some kind of drugs or alcohol or whatever. Guess what? You're free. And whom the son has set free is free indeed. But it's just going to take a level of faith and trust in God to see yourself as God sees you. Stop coming up with your own determination. You know... New wine requires new wine skin. See, some of y'all hearing this and hearing this and hearing this, you're going to have to hear it again online. You're going to have to go back and hit play. You're going to have to replay it so it can sink in. And then it's going to take courage to move away from the familiar and into the unknown. Because we walk by faith and not by, that's easy to say, but can you do it? So how much faith do you have? Bow your heads, please. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. And I thank you, Heavenly Father, that this is our season of increase. And we will increase in faith, Heavenly Father, that we are people that will believe you and lean not to our own understanding, Heavenly Father. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for your word having preeminence, dear Lord God, that we understand your word. We understand your, your principles, Heavenly Father, your ways, dear Lord God, that our minds are refreshed and renewed, dear Lord God. And Father, there is great faith as we step into that space that you've uniquely ordained for us, Heavenly Father. And Father, we promise to give you alone all the praise and you alone all the glory in Jesus' mighty and matchless name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us. We pray that you were blessed by today's message. To learn more about New Day Christian Fellowship Church in Corona, California, visit our website at www.newdaycorona.org.